Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cheaters, welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Can't complain, Josh. Can't complain. Can you complain? <laughs> well, I was, and I shouldn't have. That's really that's really where I am. I mean, I must be like the least sympathetic person in fantasy. I I know it. Like this is like it's like become my brand. You know, it's like guy who does incredibly well and just like never stops complaining. It's like who, who would like that person? You know, I'm I'm aware of it. It's hard. It's hard I to feel like there's I feel like there's like an <laughs> onion headline way into this with you. Like area man plays area man's fantasy team is never good enough. I know uh, it's it's true. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And I uh, yeah, I, I you know, again, I've said that we've said this before in the podcast, you know, the, the make fantasy fun again uh, sort of mantra of the yeah. podcast is an aspirational mantra in yeah. some ways. Right. It is a it is a yeah. it is an approach to fantasy that I I mean, both of us, I think, uh, sure. really want to um, aspire to and, and don't always succeed. And this is a weekend where <laughs> I didn't succeed because I wildcarded. I had I put up 71 points. I had a green arrow. I'm 25,000 in the world. And I spent the entire weekend like basically like mad at myself for all the choices I didn't make. And my, you know, it was like I just couldn't like be happy with what was there. And it was yeah. just kind of a, and, I, and it was like I sort of recognized it like this afternoon where I was like, Josh, like, what are you doing? You know, like things went pretty well. <laughs> right. So I want to get into, obviously we want to talk about where you landed with the wildcard team and the players that you have and how they did this week. But yeah. w- what is it about a fresh new wildcard team? It's especially difficult to watch your wildcard team because is it because of all of the players that you could have had? Um, Cause you had yeah. some players, some players you brought in on wildcard just simply didn't work out in that sure. they either didn't play or they didn't score. Right. But I think your grievances are more with the players that in hindsight, you're like, ah, I should have had them. And yeah. hindsight is just, it's a whole other fantasy game that we play. Yeah. We all have our, our quote, real fantasy teams in our heads that, you know, right. well, that's the player, you know, I know I should have. It's just, just through unfortunate events. I don't yeah. have Rudiger didn't this quite. Week didn't quite work out exactly yeah. so um yeah i mean i think I, I mean it's it's a little bit like a wild card is a little bit like game week one right where uh, practically everybody in game week one has uh they put a team out there and then just because the game launches usually a month or two before the season starts practically everybody who does well that opening weekend you had in your team at some point right yeah. like there, you can barely get a goal or a clean sheet without that player being in your squad at one point so there's a little bit of regret there but you kind of know it didn't you know like it's sort of um you have to. You can only pick a, like fifteen players, right? And you can only start eleven. And so this is it's going to happen sometimes. But I think in a wild card, especially early on, you have sort of the whole. It's a little bit like game week one, where you can pick anybody in the game, and then combined with a probably okay team that you just like left behind too. Right. So, it's, it's so, the so there's win. an added layer there. Yeah. Exactly. Like Ivan Tony 
going out for 12 off a wild card is one of those things. Like that, that was fine because there was really no time in my wild card where he was in my squad. And so I was kind of like, that was like a whatever. Yeah. There are, there are definite decisions that you make, whether you're in wild card or whether it's just a free transfer where you're like, I'm not mad, Tony, because no one can argue that my logic in getting rid of you <laughs> yeah. wasn't 100% bulletproof. Exactly. The argument was good. You know, the, like, the idea was sound. So, um, yeah, I mean, so it's really, I, you know, I just think, um, this is one of the reasons why a lot of experienced managers don't like to wildcard early because they don't feel like they have a good enough sense of what they want their squad to look like, right? They don't, mm-hmm. they don't know what, who they want to have yet. And I think that that is um, a, a problem that I fell into a little bit um, in a couple of days leading up to the wildcard. To be very clear, I have no regrets about the wildcard because my team without a wildcard would have been considerably worse, even with even with Tony in that and, and probably even Rama. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, one of the reasons, you know, there's a question here from uh, James Holland. He says, has the weekend finally people finally made people realize just how important squad depth is? And, you know, I, when I was talking on last week's pod and then on the uh, Patreon pod about about the wild card it was it was focused on ronaldo all the players that i wanted but the underrated part of or the thing i maybe didn't talk enough about the wild card was that i wanted a wild card because i had no bench like i had absolutely no bench depth i had two non-starting defenders and i mean i guess samikas did ultimately start so i guess i would have gotten five from him but you know at the time it felt like i had two non-starting mm-hmm. defenders uh and then brownhill who might as well not be a starter too right like he's, well i i would say on brownhill's behalf he created at least three genuine goal scoring opportunities for Burnley against Arsenal um yeah. I mean you know ultimately Brownhill is not what you want he ain't it but uh sure. let's 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 a slow clap for Brownhill's uh, <laughs> okay. sturdy effort in game that's, week five that's fair I am still you know I I think I'm I'm still blaming him unfairly for game week four when I brought in Dominic, an injured Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and then Brownhill had to sub in for him, <laughs> wow. and he played 90 minutes and picked up a yellow card, and so I think uh-huh. I was a little, uh, I was a little soured on all. If I was on the fence at all about wild carding, um, actually I think I'd already wild carded by the time that Monday was played, but uh, it, it further validated the decision to do it. Something so I, you know, sure of the bench, uh, and that that worked out really well because I ended up bringing in uh, Ben White and Lievermento, who both came in for. For uh, James, uh, Reese James, and you know, kind of bizarrely branded. It was a year ago this game week. I brought in Reese James on a transfer, and he also didn't play in that match. Uh, Some memory you have about Reese yeah. James. I, well, you know, you remember when you bring in a Reese James and they don't they don't start. <laughs> Maybe it was game week three. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, so I brought in White and Lieberamento to so short up those spots, and they ended up bringing in twelve points for me. Uh, I went Sar, and that was kind of a um, just like a, a like he was just like a data favorite. And he's, you know, he's always at the top of all these data charts. They have good fixtures and uh, he's super cheap. And so he just kind of, everything in my team clicked a little more when I had, when I had Sarin. And uh, I brought in Jota, which we're going to talk about him later. The theme of this week's podcast is buy, sell, hold, right? So which players do we hold on to? Which players do we want to look to buy? And which players uh, are we just ready to totally get rid of? Uh, Sure. Looking at you, Luke Shaw, right? And (laughs) Jota we'll talk about, talk about more as well. Um, so yeah, so, but, you know, so Sar and then, and then Sala and, uh, and then I brought in Ronaldo and Patrick Bamford too. So, you know, Bamford is one of those players. He only picks up five points at the time. It feels a little disappointing because he played that whole second half and the first half of that match was so loose and open, but five points is five points. And so, uh, in the end it was, um, I, f- I finished on 71 points, uh, and I'm at 25 K in the world. So, um, it really, it really did work out in the end. I feel validated in playing the wild card. Well, uh, in my week was, was a strange one. I kind of just was going through this 
circle of FPL decision hell, and mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out what to do. The ideas that I had uh, with my squad, with Antonio being out, was probably I, I I was determined to keep Antonio for leads in game week six. So then Looks there like were a good decision now. People on the chopping block were Ben Rama, Tony, and Sufal. Um, and and it was one of the, it. It was for me the logic of well, the, there is still every likelihood that Ben Rama and Tony could come through, and I feel like that's an easy logic to apply to attacking players. And I was less sure of Sufal, mm -hmm. so I zero and and of course it turned out to be wow that was incredibly enlightened of me because right. both <laughs> right. both of them came two points combined right yeah yeah so that was kind of like um, a, a striker who hits the ball uh, their technique was sound striking the ball into the ground but it, it like barely goes into into the net for a goal uh, despite my best efforts I scored a goal there so my sights got set on set on Sioux Fall and there were three teams that I thought to target with a transfer Wolves. And I just ultimately, and, and I don't want to be captain hindsight here. I just wasn't fully a believer of wolves. Then you had city and Chelsea and it is classic FPL, uh, brain rot where I looked at game week six and I was like, I don't know what to make of this Chelsea man city fixture in six. So I'm choosing to swerve both of these defenses as good as were, that. Yeah. Cause you were talking about Sufal to Ruger, I think on the, not to like, yeah, you know, not to bring that up a painful memory probably now, but on, on last week's Patreon pod, right? That was a movie you were really strongly considering. Yeah, sure. But then I, yes, precisely. And I think ultimately that's the, it was either going to be Rudiger or Reese James that I would have brought in for Sioux Fall. But then I just looked at that Manchester United fixture and I thought, you know what? West Ham home. Let's do this. Let, uh, yeah. West Ham are probably better than we're giving them credit for, even without Antonio. And I did think West Ham played as well as they could have against a pretty informed Manchester United squad. And uh, just that Rudiger goal going in there in the, in the uh, dying minutes of, of Spurs Chelsea was, was a dagger. But for me to get away with this non-decision decision-making. And as mm -hmm. I've said many times, Josh, my <laughs> goal coming into this season was to not sit on my hands, to not be passive, to be active. Yeah. Um, but I feel like me still with my wild card, I'm, I this, I do still feel like the FPL ground is shifting under my feet and I just didn't didn't have the confidence to make a particular decision and I got away with it and I, I came out with 64 points yeah. with Salah captained and uh, got a green arrow of, of about 10k taking me up to 77k overall so I am really happy with how game week five went I do feel like I got away with it and now I have two free transfers Yep. to to ease my anxiety going into game week six <laughs> yeah and i mean that that now makes three green arrows and four for you it looks like yeah. two. so that's yep um yeah i mean again just not to like bring this home every single week but it's just uh um you know it's just i mean it's just great like i think this is now um yeah the second week in a row where you'll be top in, inside the top 100k which both of us are right now which is a nice um place to be for our moods going into the podcast. the cheaters top of the world, baby. <laughs> <Cheers>. <laughs> so before we get into the buy, sell, hold podcast, I just want to note uh, next week's pod is going to be a little bit strange. Me and Brandon are going with, with some of our buddies on kind of our first, our first COVID post, whatever 
I guess we're not really post-COVID. Whatever. We're going on a trip. We're going on a trip. We're going out to the, the American Southwest. Uh, we're going to be there through Sunday. We're we're planning to watch the matches there, but I don't think we're going to be able to record a regular pod just because of the, the timing and when we come back, you know, fly back and all that stuff. So I think we're going to try to do a couple like sort of FPL travel logs next yeah. week. So a little strange, uh, perhaps. Maybe you'll enjoy it. Maybe you'll hate it. I don't know. But we'll be back with regular pods the week after that. So I just wanted to note that in advance. We are going to be on a different mental plane of existence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to kind of like coincide with the beautiful like uh, scenic vistas of the mm-hmm. U.S. Southwest, so uh, I I think it's going to be fun, and I think our listeners are going to enjoy what we're going to throw at them. Uh, yeah, I, I I think so too. We should record. Yeah, we should record on the the white sand desert or something like that. Um, <laughs> shirtless, <laughs> shirtless. Of course, well, of course, I'm plenty to be shirtless the, the whole trip. Uh, all right, so always cheating Super League. Quick look at the top ten in tenth. Nathan Scott. In ninth, Richard Bambrick. In eighth, Naomi Nishimura. In seventh, Abduli Cham. In sixth is Ruha Shane Keegan. In fifth is Andrew Ferguson. In fourth, Paul Jacobs. And third is Muhammad Diz. It's moving on up, Brandon. He was in. Uh, he was lower last week. He's uh, gonna get. He's gonna be dizzy for uh, how high his rank is this week. Yeah, it's very clever. And in second is uh, Ryan Quinn. And in first is we have a new 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 player in first place, Brandon. That's Nathan Carr is now in first, and so Nathan Carr and Ryan Quinn are both in the top twenty five in the world. So Incredible, that's pretty darn impressive. Fantastic, and I encourage everyone listening if you're not already in the Always Cheating Super League, it is the Super League of leagues. Uh, just go to our website, alwayscheating.com, for the league code, and it's on all of our social media channels. One last place for us to instruct you to visit. If you like what you hear every week and you want to say thanks to me and Josh, visit us at patreon.com slash always cheating, where you can get more FPL content in return. Josh and I do an extra ad free podcast each week. We are doing our Dean's List Manager of the Month Award. That's a brand new Always Cheating t-shirt to the manager with the top score each month. We also got our Slack chat. We can review newsletter from Mini League Mate. And every Volkswagen and producer tier patron gets our Make Fantasy Fun Again t-shirt. Josh, give a big shout out to all of our new patrons this week. We've got a, quite a few here, I see. I know. Yeah, I, mi- I mixed up a little bit with the, with the way I listed them here. But uh, thank you to our newest patrons, Matt Thompson, Ruben Ravend- Ravendahl, uh, Mwenda Mayumba, uh, Alex Cruden, B. Blair, Engelbert Aaron Christensen, uh, Dan Dan, Henry Mode. Otter Sigjornsson. I like the, I'm really happy, Brandon, about the Northern European representation we're seeing in, in this week's uh, Patreon list. Andrew Dodd, uh, but I, I do feel bad that I butcher everybody's name. Uh, Andrew Dodd. <laughs> little caveat there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, Tom Ryweller, David Gregory, Joe B, Owen, and Luca Krillich. So thank you so much to everybody who who was new or current Patreon supporter. And uh, I, I, I thought the Slack was incredibly active over the last week or so. I think everybody's really in wildcard mode. I think everybody's just really engaged this year. And uh, I know just watching the matches, uh, I'm having a lot more fun too. Uh, you, you know, I, mean, I think part of like the way I was like sort of stressed out this week was just because I was so engaged. You know, yeah. I just feel very like locked in on this season. I'm really enjoying myself. The matches are fun. There are tons of goals. We, this weekend was a little peculiar. It did stand out about a, a lot of dicey officiating, um, which <sighs> soured it for some some managers who are either relying on a Ronaldo pen or a Manchester City clean sheet wipeout. I mean, the 
the the strange call that stands out the most to me is the rescinding of the Kyle Walker red card and penalty. I do cannot He's, comprehend how that was not a penalty. I thought that was weird. He sat on was it Adam Armstrong? He yeah. sat on him. He tackled yeah. him and sat on him. That was that was strange. Yeah. I mean, they they should the VAR booth should do a re rescind just because Kyle Walker basically started laughing when they rescinded it. He was like, "You can't be serious!" Like I, I totally wiped that dude out. That was it. Was just a strange thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, whatever. I don't know. That's 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 for our other. Um, it's in the past. Yeah, exactly. You know what's great though? Another thing that I, I it's like I don't even want to like I want to like knock on wood here, but we have like almost not been talking about VAR at all which I think is a nice, very nice. I mean, I guess that was a VAR red card review, but I mean, I think the way it's been implemented so far has been a lot, um, a lot more seamless and, and not as much of a pain. Yeah. Less time consuming for sure. All right. And speaking of less time consuming, <laughs> let's jump into a break, Josh, and come back and get into our buy, sell, hold chat. Sounds good. All right, Ben, we're back. Buy, sell, hold. Longtime listeners of the podcast will be familiar with this this topic we've uh, we've done we've done I feel like we do one or two of these every year it's always kind of a fun podcast it's always around this time you know there's yeah. we kind of do one around this time and then usually one in the second half of the season uh, and it's often when there are certain players uh, some I mean in some cases it's interesting because with, with Ronaldo and Lukaku I almost want to talk about buy sell hold rebuy resell you know, like uh, how many times you can buy, sell and hold these players uh, layaway, but, perhaps. Yeah. But I think it, 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 we should put them on layaway. Exactly. And rent uh, to own. <laughs> I wonder if layaway is a thing all across the world or just in America. That that was definitely a thing when I was a kid, that layaway. Uh, but other people, players like Joda and Mason Greenwood, I think are trickier. Right. Because um, yep. uh, not just because they've been disappointed, but also because they both have really good fixtures in game week six, which yeah. make the question, I think, even harder. So but let's let's start things off with uh, with Ronaldo and Lukaku. OK, now, of course, they're buys in a in a big picture sense. Right. We're not, I'm not going to talk about whether you should have these two players in <laughs> fantasy, mm-hmm. but I have a couple of questions about them. OK. Mm-hmm. And. The first one is about Ronaldo, um, which is that, and you don't own him, and and I, I guess, well, I, actually, let me. Here's my first question to you: Sure, what? How do you feel about not having Ronaldo, and do you just think you're going to kind of go without him indefinitely now? Do you remember we had that conversation a couple of weeks ago about uh, quote winning Saturday? We uh, dodged a was it Salah captaincy? Like we yeah, didn't have Salah home cap- to Burnley. Yeah, yeah, and he blanked, and we felt like we got away with something. And and yeah. we talked about how that was a a not often talked about as fun fantasy experience. Mm-hmm. Certainly, it's fun when it goes your way. Yeah, I have never to this extreme felt so agonized watching a player than watching Ronaldo play West Ham on Sunday. It was excruciating. I was like in knots and knowing knowing the level of his ownership was one thing. Um, And, and it should, my, my anxiety should have been lessened because I knew that he wasn't so heavily captained because most of the managers like in the top bands are, were on, were on solo this way, this week. But I, it, it was the longest 90 minutes of a Mm -hmm. fantasy season that I can remember for a long time. So you had Greenwood and Bruno and Shaw. So like in theory, that's a fun match for you, right? You've got three players no i didn't have bruno i actually had four players in that match and then i had greenwood oh, shaw sorry. uh ben rama and Sufal. so i had four yeah. players going yeah. up against ronaldo and i st- still had <laughs> yeah. i still felt like it was me against the world now yeah. i came out 
ahead. And let me be yeah. clear, like I felt like a six pointer for Ronaldo was a massive sigh of relief. I was yelling at the TV at West Ham, like hold West Ham, hold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and for, for each like successive penalty shout from Ronaldo, it, it, my, my, like my butt got, got clenched more and yeah. more and more. So um, if the question is, how am I feeling as a non Ronaldo owner? I, I feel exhausted, Josh. I yeah. feel totally and utterly exhausted. Yeah. I mean, this is why I, one of the reasons I got him, cause I don't want to play, I don't want to like do it. You you know, I don't want to play that game. Like, I don't want to. And also, like, I mean, because exactly I, I in that match, I had Ronaldo and that was it. Actually, I didn't have any West Ham players after my wild card and I didn't have anyone else in Man United. And so it was just Ronaldo. So um, I like but he was the one his his effective ownership in my in my uh, kind of bracket or was like one hundred and one percent. Right. So it was like just like whatever you know mm-hmm. it was kind of like it didn't really matter what he did it was it you know it, it was not gonna like affect my rank at all but that was that's what i wanted this is one of the reasons i brought in ronaldo's because i don't want the stress that you were just talking about i just mm-hmm. don't want to deal with it and so to me you know the question that i have with him is are we really going to sell him before you know for lukaku before game week seven you know is this hokey cokey strategy mm-hmm. or hokey pokey as we say in the u.s i always have to add that brandon uh yes, is the hokey cokey hokey pokey strategy really going to work i don't think so and when i went back and forth on my wild card i ultimately decided that i may just not have lukaku just like just not at all. And that just might be my reality. <laughs> um, so yeah. what do you think about that? Just just going without Lukaku, you know, at all? Well, it's if we just look at game week five and these two matches on Sunday, and uh, I would stress like the Ronaldo conversation is just not about ownership. It yeah. is about his Ronaldo's effective effectiveness on the pitch. Yeah. And watching him versus Lukaku on Sunday, Ronaldo had, I think it was eight shots in the box, zillion touches. He just looks so effective and the points are going to come raining down based on current evidence with Lukaku. Um, you know, as, as you, as you said at the start, we're not going to advocate for not having Lukaku because clearly he's very good. But when you're comparing the two based on the last two game weeks, the points are going to be slightly harder for Lukaku to come by. Lukaku will get them, but yeah. like looking Team at the burner is going to mess it up for him. Right. <laughs> ha- I mean, I will say have Kai Havertz looked worse than Timo Werner today uh, with, with twice, three times as many minutes. And uh, I thought it was incredible how Thomas Tuchel made that one tiny midfield switch at halftime and suddenly Spurs could not touch the ball in the second half of that match. There's no doubt that Chelsea is going to steamroll opponents. But the question that we're asking here is, what is Lukaku's involvement? A concerning right. thing for Lukaku owners is how often Lukaku was looking to pass against Spurs. And it was virtually every time. He was doing the Olivier Giroud yeah. where he was he had his back to goal a little too much only, for my taste. Only one player can be a selfish points goblin, Brandon, in FPL each <laughs> yeah. season. I mean, Mo Salah is darn close, but I yeah. think you've got to give Ronaldo just the way he was. I mean, you know, the histrionics, I don't love him, but they're more tolerable when he's in your fantasy team. You know, it's a little easier to put up with the screaming at the ref, screaming for the ball, 
screaming for a pen. Yeah. <laughs> like, not my favorite thing. Just, just screaming. Just regular primal <laughs> general, screams. General <laughs> I, 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 I will say I will make a case for the hokey cokey. Okay. I do think this, this was the thought that I had initially had when all these premium players started flooding the marketplace, Lukaku and Ronaldo, when they, for, when they signed to the league, I thought, well, no one's going to be able to have everybody. Yep. And if you can get these mid-price marginal players right, yep. and, and I, my current plan right now is to bring Ronaldo in for Lukaku going into game week six because I think uh, Manchester United at Old Trafford could pick Aston Villa to pieces in game week yeah. six. And I will have no problem. Now, player value with these guys is going to fluctuate wildly. And it will probably yeah. go up and rarely go down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think when I have played at my best in fantasy, it has been without fear of shifting, uh, doing the doing the late riser upside chasing of, of without fear shifting from one premium to another. So yeah. I, I think that we're making a case for Ronaldo today. I think that you can definitely strategically shift to Lukaku in a game week that looks promising. Yeah, it's it's hard to have both. It really is. It feels like you, you're going to have to pick or you're going to have to do the, the moving back and forth. I mean, it's just tricky because, I mean, I guess just to go back to my original point, it, it's just it's going to be hard. Like once you make that move, do you really think you're going to just move him right back? And I mean, I think at this point, game week seven, which, which is Man United plays Everton at home, and Chelsea play Southampton at home. At this point, I think I'd rather have Ronaldo than Lukaku for that one, right? Southampton does not seem like the eleven goal whipping boys that they did that they were last season, right? They've 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 kept Everton, or, or, excuse me, they've kept West Ham and Man City uh, to clean sheets in the last two matches. I mean, you have to be uh, impressed with with how they're performing so far this season defensively. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think the way that Hassan Hoodle sets that team up is you never know which week is going to be the week where, you know, it all just comes crashing down. But yeah. I agree. I think Manchester United is just becoming it, – it's less of an, an in-real-life team. They are actually a fantasy team. Yeah. It is all of these disparate, like, fantasy attacking darlings from yeah. Greenwood to Bruno to, to, uh, to Ronaldo now – and uh, I think the way they're going to play week in, week out is to score goals. Yep. And that is so appealing. And Chelsea, like I was saying about Tuchel masterminding uh, the, the Spurs match, Chelsea are going to be more methodical uh, about how they get their wins. And if it's going to have to be a 1-0 win, uh, so be it. Yep. <laughs> Manchester yeah. United is they're they're just going to try and Harlem Globetrot their way through the season. Yeah. And from a fantasy point of view, I want to be a part of that as of right now. It's really interesting. I mean, I, I you have to think Chelsea is going to win the league, right? I mean, that's I honestly feel like they're the they have to be the favorites at this point, just because that defense yeah. is so they've conceded zero goals from open play through five matches. Yeah, you know, one pen through on a on a dodgy. Sure. Handball call. And even, and even Keppa was in goal on, on Sunday. So, you know, yeah, if they're keeping clean Keppa. sheets, even yeah. with Keppa, what's, exactly. what's going to stop them? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, th- I think you're right. I think there's, so when I look at it, you look at game week six, I think it's fine to go Ronaldo over, over, um, over the Kaku. Just, you know, obviously Man City are, are, are tough, very, very strong defensively as well outside of Kyle Walker sitting on players. Um, game week seven, I think Everton Southampton, that to me is, is let's, let's just call it a wash. 
right? Uh, and then game week eight, you've got Chelsea away to Brentford, Man United away to Leicester. I think from what we've seen from Leicester so far this season, I, they're, this is not the Leicester team of the last couple of years. I don't know. It's, it's like they're in need of a refresh or, or something. I don't really know what's 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 wrong with them right now. But I, They stink. I think, yeah, they kind of stink right now. It's weird. And so, and Chelsea away to Brentford. Um, I don't, you know, I feel like that one, um, that one you could get, you get away with too. And then, so game week nine is the one where Man United play Liverpool at home, Chelsea play Norwich at home. And so I think a hokey cokey in a, like a limited hokey cokey, cause they play Norwich at home, then Newcastle away and Burnley, uh, at home in game weeks, nine, 10, 11. So yeah. if you're going to drop Ronaldo for a short time, and, and during that span, Man United played Liverpool, Spurs, and, and Man City, right? In, in those three matches. So I think that if you were going to do it, I would. I think you're kind of fine for six, seven, and eight, and I would focus on nine, ten, and eleven. And that's actually after an international break. So we really do have, like, in my opinion, you can basically wait until like November or like late, like late October before you really have to start stressing out about what you're going to do with Ronaldo. Uh, if, if you've got him in your team and how to, because, because, you know, I, I mean, I just have a lot of experience. I spent hours like figuring out whether I wanted to do a Lukaku and Ronaldo team. And I, in my opinion, you just sacrifice too many things. It's really hard to have two Chelsea defenders, which I think might be more important than having Lukaku. It's really hard to have Antonio, you know, if, if you, if you set up your team that way and Antonio is, is captainable in my opinion, a way to leads, you can't really have any leads players for that matter. Right. I mean, maybe this is re- less relevant now after what we've seen from them, but I, I certainly expect them to score. I mean, look at their run ahead, right? Like, you know, I fixtures are incredibly important in fantasy and they play West Ham, Watford, Southampton, Wolves, Norwich in the next five, right? Those are, those are matches where you would expect leads to get a couple of goals and, and practically all of them. Um, and so it was just that it's just very hard to have a balanced squad with both of them in your, in your team. And so I know that some people have done it. I just don't really like, I did not like the way my team looked when I did it. And, and I feel like I, I'm kind of, immediately validated in the sense that a team that I would have put together for this game week with those two would have scored fewer points than the team that I put together. Right. So I think, um, that that's of course probably not going to be true as we, as we move forward, maybe game weeks, nine, 10, 11. But I think for the next three weeks, I would just have Ronaldo. I would, I would, I would not worry as much about Lukaku and then, and then reconsider it game week nine. I don't know if you have anything else you want to throw on there. Just a little nerdy point. If you go to the FPL page with terms and conditions, read through all the legalese, those little asterisks that says uh, limited hokey cokey results may vary. So I (laughs) felt like they were very it was very important for them to call that out uh, just to cover themselves uh, for all of (laughs) us angry managers. All right, so that's that's our Ronaldo Lukaku section for today's pod. I, I feel like this is going to be a recurring theme on, on most of our pods going forward, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll table it for there for now. Uh, let's keep talking about forwards for a minute. Antonio, if you don't have him, like I do, is, is straight back okay? Straight back in just seems like a good piece of piece of strategy. But what about for a hit? Would you bring in Antonio for a hit ahead of game week six? Well, I, I guess if I draw upon my Ivan Tony experience in game week five, I think you have to also then consider what are you getting rid of? And if you're getting rid of actual dead weight, somebody who's not playing, yeah, but there's just so many attacking players in the game right now where you can justifiably believe that they will deliver. So if you take a, a minus four to get Antonio in against Leeds, what are you asking Antonio to do just in that Leeds fixture? I think a hit for Antonio only works if you are ready to uh, 
have Antonio bring those points to you over the course of multiple game weeks, not just one. Uh, so if, if you can't do Antonio back without a hit, then I might suggest you wait a week because whoever is your place filler, I mean, Watford were entirely capable against Norwich. I mean, I think Watford, mm-hmm. we're going to see them do yep. okay against good fixtures and look yep. like absolute garbage uh, against the tougher fixtures. Uh, I think if you've got Dennis up front, I would keep him for one more week instead of a minus four for Antonio. Uh, and that is caveated, of course, with the fact that I think Antonio will do quite well against Leeds. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, Watford played Newcastle at home. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a very fair point. It really just depends on what your team looks like. I mean, I think um, who would you have that you would? I'm like, you know, I guess it just sort of depends. Like, I wouldn't move Bamford. Obviously, that'd be way too lateral. Danny, well, I, I would, I would move Danny Ings mm-hmm. to Antonio for a hit if that was what it took to bring in Antonio. I mean, I, I realize the Ings is more than Antonio, but like if you had like another problem to fix and then you were like, Oh, what should I do with Ings? I think I would just make that move. I would just drop Ings and I would bring in Antonio. You may be the only fantasy manager in this situation, Josh. So tell me what you're going to do. Uh, yeah. Gabriel Jesus. He's out. Had- <laughs> it's already done. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not literally done. Cause I want to wait until the uh, league cup matches have been played, but, uh, that is my move this week. If, if the price, if price changes me and I have to do it sooner then I'll do it sooner. But, uh, that was always the plan. I what if really- you needed to do a hit to, to turn Jesus into Antonio? I think I would. Yeah. I, I, how does Antonio not score? I mean, uh, one goal is a guarantee. I feel like he should be a hundred percent bookies odds <laughs> to score this weekend. Uh, I think that he could score multiple goals and I think that he is, I mean, I just think he's going to be, have a great day. And I really genuinely think he's captainable. I think it's, it's, you know, when you get into like the effective ownership thing and I mean, it's, a, it's actually a really interesting week for that. I was going to talk about captaincy later, but, but yeah, you know, let's, let's, just, let's actually, let's do that. Let's, let's, let's talk about captaincy a little teaser, later. A little teaser for the little folks. Teaser, yeah, exactly. Otherwise we're just going to get so far off the rails, you know, we're not going to be able to get back on. So, um, yeah, but I feel really good about Antonio. I think he's worth bringing in for a hit. Like if you're, you, you know, like, let's see what we're like, what happens with Rafinha, for example, right? Like you may have to fix that problem. Uh, but I would rather, okay, let me put it this way. I would rather bring in like a, a bench defender or bench midfielder to replace Rafinha. If he's only out for a little bit, a little while, um, in other words, just like have somebody coming off my bench, then I would not solve the Antonio in mm-hmm. issue because I really think he's going to be a great fantasy asset this weekend. Um, Jimenez, Brent, I'll bring this, I'll, I'll give this one to you. Uh, <laughs> Tom says, should the Rabona in quotation marks mark the end of the line for us Jimenez? I don't know if you saw him Rabona his way off the pitch. Yes. Uh, it, it was incredible. Uh, <laughs> it was just what a, what a series of unfortunate events for Jimenez. I mean, um, a great guy. Sure. To put like yeah. that positive spin on it. We all love Raul. It's yeah. one of the most fun players, strikers to watch in the league for the last few seasons. And it's incredible to see him come back from that horrible uh, head yeah. injury. Yep. We all are rooting for you, Raul, but it, yes. it, uh, on current evidence, he is so far off the pace. And it was also terrifying then when he, he missed that header and throws his headband down. And now suddenly I'm fearing for his safety, uh, both physically and yeah. mentally. Um, my, That's my grand, so tough, right? Oh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say my grandmother, 
may she rest in peace, was on an insulin pump uh, for decades. And at the end of her life, we knew that she was she was ready to give up when she discarded the insulin pump. She's like, I'm done with it. Um, Lord, take me away. Um, so I, I hope I hope Jimenez is just I hope he lives to see game week six. <laughs> yeah, I, I do, too. But uh, I think if you own Jimenez, like the alarm bell should be uh, sounding. And it's like, OK, you've, you've got multiple problems here. Jimenez looks well off the pace and no real signs of it happening for him. And then you've got the whole team around him. They don't have a midfield. Yeah, no. Well, sure. They, they don't just, they just don't really have much of anything. Adama Troyore, like the crosses were like beyond comical uh, this weekend yeah. against Brentford. Just, he was, she was just launching them out of the stadium. And yeah. I think the, the Wolves fans just were getting sick and tired of it too. So Wolves is, is, uh, a bit toxic at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I, is that overstating it? Well, I mean, I think defensively, um, you know, I think they may have just had a bad day. I think that, um, you know, Marcel may be out now, which is, uh, I think a worry that some people had, and he, he had a quite a poor match, uh, off, I think in the 60th minute or something the, the, like that. The tackles on Ivan Tony were just like yeah. box office, right? Like, it was, it was, yeah. And, and I, I mean, I have seen exactly, it was a bad tackle. I mean, it wasn't quite as bad as what Kyle Walker did, but it was, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty bad. It was just a weird, uh, he just, he was totally out. The whole team was off the boil and I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure why. And uh, maybe, uh, they'll come down after finally getting their first win of the season or something. I'll quickly say this for anyone who's looking for Brentford insight. Like the, the fact that Marsal was marking Ivan Tony, you're like, why? He's like at least a foot shorter than Tony. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, right, because the rest of the Brentford team are also trees. Yeah. And there are only so many tall people yeah. on Wolves that I, uh, Brentford, uh, save this conversation for another day, but I think they're an interesting team from that respect. You know, I have to say our, our preseason team predictions, Brennan, are doing pretty well at the at the moment. You know, we, we felt pretty good about about Brentford and, uh, you know, we, we had Brighton pretty high, too. And, you know, Brighton, Brennan, are, it looks like they're uh, they're going to make the Champions League. Incredible based on, stuff. Based on yeah. Current evidence. So, yeah. The Seagulls I mean, are crossing the channel. They're low key doing incredibly well. Yep. Right. Like 12 points from 15. Like I, we haven't really talked about it much in the pod because they're not a great fantasy team, but uh, all credit to them for, for doing so well. Sure. It's, it's a case study in sticking with a manager and a philosophy, yeah. philosophy through thick yep. and thin. I mean, he yep. Potter had a tough couple of seasons there and yep. suddenly you, you put in enough effort and it can click. That's why you're such an OGS fan, right? Stick with the uh, stick with stick. the plan. <laughs> Only at the wheel, <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah. No, I was like, I was, I was pissed off when uh, Fulham and Scotty Parker couldn't reach uh, an agreement because I thought, listen, this is what yeah. clubs, you know, clubs who are kind of in this middle range, yeah. they need consistency. Yeah, and you, you, yeah, again, you look at Brighton and you see how it can work for the best. Yeah. That's why I feel a little bad for Norwich. I mean, and, and how tough their start was to the season because uh, they they did that right. They stuck with Daniel Farka and had a great year in the in the championship. Yeah. And um, I, I you, you notice, Josh, bad. I said you have to have a philosophy and a manager. Right. I don't know that Norwich has any kind of philosophy happening. Right, <laughs> that, that's fair. Although they were a great passing team, and I remember they were looking at when we did our previews. The, the, their passing stats were fantastic last year and i think right. you know no granted they had uh but Buendia, which i think is they had a, they had a player who was 
you know, um, who was a Premier League caliber player, and they yeah, and they right. you know they let him let him go. I mean, right. they didn't let him go; they sold him for a lot of money. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's really the problem right now. So, anyway, I mean, the one team that that and again, not to get too off the topic here, but the Leeds is the one team that um, I just can't believe. You know, they're seventeenth place right now, and I'm just I'm thinking the fixtures are going to turn things sure. around for them. But the injuries sure. are bad; like they, yeah. they have no center backs anymore. It's kind of crazy. No center backs, and you see it all through their spine i mean this is what uh liverpool went through last season you if you have too many center back injuries suddenly you've got uh calvin phillips playing center back and that totally diminishes the effectiveness of the leads midfield which then diminishes the effect of the attack etc etc so it's yep it's uh, yeah yeah leads leads will pull through this it's just kind of a matter of how long is it going to take feels like they need to like just like pull somebody like a free, there's gotta be some free agent center back out there right some like 39 year old like duffy type right it's just like looking for a job like sure. some, you know yeah like i don't know didn't, didn't didn't crystal palace let like nine center backs go in the offseason just like just bring in scott dan or something for a couple matches we need some real know? tompkins energy yeah i just they just need somebody to like head the ball away sometimes you know just because <laughs> i don't know if anybody could do that right now uh, all right. So anyway, um, let's move on to the midfielders. The big one here is Joda, obviously. The you know what do we buy sell hold with Joda? Uh, Dave says, uh, when do we jump off Joda? Seeing as it doesn't matter if he plays or not, the points are the same. Yeah. Wow. I, I, mean, I yeah. it was my first game we going in Joda this season, so I I now I'm in. It's it's a wild mm-hmm. feeling. Tell me how you're feeling. <laughs> well, I think he. I, I'd like to discuss Jota along with. Mason Greenwood in particular, because sure. I think you've together. got two very similarly priced attacking midfielders and you've got two different problems. Yeah. One, Mason Greenwood, who started off the season really well because he was effectively the number nine and he was they, yeah. the team was relying upon his goals. And uh, now with the introduction of Ronaldo, the shape of the team has completely changed as far as Mason Greenwood is concerned. Yeah. For Jota, that is not the case. And if people people are feeling really burned by Jota for the past two game weeks. Now, if you look at them in isolation, last game week, it wasn't Jota's fault. He created right. multiple chances for Sadio Mane. He actually had a pretty good game. Yep. No points came. And then it... it you you kind of forget that he played really well but just didn't have any points because in game week five he misses one of the all-time sitters yeah. and you know yep. the fantasy community explodes in yeah. absolute grief and i think every i hard not to yeah yeah it, it, it was listen i'm a jota owner that was that sucked it was it was really disappointing but i think most players you, you've got to you've got to give them one of those. That's gonna yeah. happen. I mean, sure. how many how many sure. sitters have all these all these players missed? So at least with Joe, yeah. I think Joda is a hold for this reason because Joda still plays in a system that suits him and yeah. suits him for fantasy points. Then you've got Mason Greenwood, where I think he is a sell because what we are now seeing from him is that he is being pushed away from fantasy yeah. results. Yeah. I mean, it's a bummer for him. I mean, really, I mean, I mean, you know what it's, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's fine, I think. And it will be okay for him because it's, it's a little bit like Phil Foden at Man Man City, where if you're good enough, I mean, I mean, Ronaldo like warps things a little bit because there's kind of a feeling that maybe he's 
more powerful than OGS in that squad now, you know, and that might, I think that's a matter of fact, that may just be a matter of fact. Yeah. So there's, you know, because of that, it, it it worries me a little bit that it, you know, that Ronaldo could, could go on a string of bad form and still just be undroppable at any point. But yeah, I think that it was, it was great. I mean, you know, I had Greenwood the first, uh, four weeks of the season and I, it was great. I got to take him friends in all four of those matches. And the, the one that I got in game week four was a lucky one. You know, it was a little, a ball to Woodman, you know, that he just kind of like gave to Ronaldo as like a, you know, present as we mm-hmm. talked about already. Yeah. Welcome back. Uh, he welcome said. back to, yeah, exactly. Welcome back. Here's a goal. Um, and, but yeah, I think you saw today. It's just, uh, he's not as, um, I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. Because um, Jota is still effectively Liverpool's forward. Right. So you would expect more chances to come just for that. Mason Greenwood is now, I don't know, like competing with Jaden Sancho and Marcus Rashford for for one of the wing spots. Uh, it's 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 tricky. And, um, I, you know, I thought the Bruno Ronaldo combination was pretty good. I felt like it was better yeah. today than like at any point in any of the Portugal matches that I've watched. So I agree. And even like Bruno was drifting into the number nine spots uh, playing four far forward and it was it was really the bruno and ronaldo show and everybody else was was quite peripheral i mean luke shaw still getting his 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 tushy we'll talk about about him later we'll talk about him later (laughs) but yeah i mean i i guess like i I, since we're talking about it i mean it was a little peculiar with ronaldo so quickly going for the penalty shout like that is often yeah. the hallmark of a striker who is lacking in confidence where they're like, yeah. I don't have the energy to actually make this shot. So real I'm going to force Ashley the Barnes, real yeah. Ashley Barnes kind of move. Yeah. But uh, even that said, just the, the sheer volume of opportunities Ronaldo uh, was getting cannot be quibbled with. So anyway, yeah, I think, I think Greenwood is a buy and Bruno, if you're still holding Bruno, I, I think this is where you're going with that, Josh. I think Bruno feels like a hold still. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think Bruno feels like a hold still too. I mean, I think, uh, it's tricky because yeah, I mean, if you have Bruno and Ronaldo, for example, I mean, Bruno and, um, it's a little easier. I don't know. I guess we're only talking about a 0.5 million difference, but, uh, maybe there's like a slot consideration too. Is it easier to have Lukaku and Bruno than it is to have Ronaldo and Lukaku? I, I'm not, I'm not totally sure about that. It may be a question we have to answer when Minyard's fixtures get really good. I think it's like around game week 15 or so. But um, yeah, I think that Bruno looked pretty good. I think that if I was on a wild card, I would definitely have Ronaldo over Bruno just because Ronaldo seems to get, sure. he just gets goals so easily. It's just so, you know, it's just, he's just such a natural goal scorer. It's a, a kind of extraordinary. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it's it, it just interesting because like, I've, I've, of course I'd watched a million you know, especially in the Champions League, like elimination rounds, like a ton of, you know, Real Madrid matches. And uh, I didn't watch a ton of him at Juve. Like just, I don't know, like Italian football just doesn't really like pop up a lot in, in the U.S. Like, right? Like, I feel like La Liga, you can pretty much see it anywhere. If you're, mm-hmm. like, if you're at an American soccer bar, like they're going to put on any big La Liga match. But I, I think, like Siri, is, uh, I think Serie A just got a broadcasting deal with CBS. I think they're on the Paramount Plus app, but I, I think Ooh, that okay. deal was probably like 
put in motion when they thought they could sell Ronaldo to American right. viewers. Ronaldo <laughs> plus and Weston, Lukaku <laughs> and Ronaldo <laughs> Lukaku and Weston McKinney for all the American yeah. homers out there. Yeah. And now, um, yeah, the league has been depleted of, of most of its, its stars. Eden. Yeah. It's just, it's just Jose Mourinho and Eden Dzeko now. It's, it's wild. Yeah. But I, well, I kind of like it. I mean, I, I like a life dream where we are like just doing some real tangents today, but yeah, I mean, a, one of a life dream for me is certainly to go see a match uh one of the uh one of the major italian stadiums but anyway um yeah so you, I think that's you've right. always wanted to see a match where there is a huge running track between you and the field yeah uh, yeah maybe maybe i don't want to what, what, what stadio olympico is that the one is that, is that where the um where Roma played? I, I, in my head it's just like every single um one of these places has a racing has track a but obviously that's yeah. not true um, so yeah, I think, uh, I mean, with Jota, uh, the, I mean, it looks like Firmino's still going to be out and they play, uh, Brentford in game week six. I know Brentford have looked pretty strong defensively, but still, I, I'm not going to, this is just like a basic rule of thumb. Like don't drop a play in your fantasy team before they play a promoted team because promoted teams can look good sometimes, but they're pretty mercurial, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Watford lost, uh, at home to Wolves and then looked like a, 10th place level team when they, when they played Norwich yesterday, like they like, like just like knocked Norwich off the pitch on the road. Like they looked phenomenal, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, but you just never quite know what you're going to get with a, with a promoted team. And so I think, I think when Joda's case, total hold, I think I'm I'm with you on Greenwood. That's, that's, that's a sell or maybe a hold for one more week just because they do play this home match and uh, Man United have been pretty strong at home so far this season. Uh, Like I wouldn't, you know, like I, I, he does not feel like the biggest problem for your for someone to fix in their team. Possibly, sure. I will just raise my finger and say, uh, I wonder about rotation risk with Greenwood now because yeah. Oli does have the options, as you mentioned, and it's yeah, it wasn't totally working with Greenwood on yeah. the pitch. And then you look at uh, Lingard and Sancho coming on and and securing the victory for United. Yeah. So we'll 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 see. That is a concern that I have as a Greenwood owner. Lingard scoring the game-winning goal, doing West Ham dirty. That was uh... that guy. Like <laughs> that guy just wants the world to not like him. Is is my <laughs> my general so. feeling there? <laughs> All right. So yeah, and I think I think yeah, Brunwood, Bruno, kind of the same rationale as as um, as Joda, I suppose, which is just you know good fixture hold for now. Uh, we have the League Cup, so I think you know, it, like like you said, basically it plays ninety minutes in the League Cup. Especially if it doesn't look great, um, then maybe then it's a hold. But again, we're just, he, it's a little bit like you, you and I were talking a couple of days ago about whether you wanted to move Ben Rama to uh, to Rafinha before game week five because they had this good fixture, and we ultimately mm-hmm. were just like it's too much of a lateral move. Yeah, yeah. And all, you know, in the end, you know, a deflected goal or not, like you, you, you know, Ben Rama still outscored Rafinha by two points on the day. So um, you have to really think about. Uh, whether it's really worth wasting a precious transfer on sometimes. And I don't, I don't see any of those three players as being in that category in the very short term. I think long-term Greenwood out has to happen. And honestly, Jota out for me probably too. I think, you know, I was really thinking about Jota to Mason Mount, uh, but now I'm sort of rethinking that after Mount's horrific day, I might try to go up to, to Kai Havertz. I know, I know he didn't have a good day today, but it seems like Kai Havertz is considered a pretty key cog in that Chelsea attack. So he might be somebody worth owning. I don't know. And when the dull American commentary even raises questions over Mason Mount's form, uh, then you know that there is a problem. And yeah. uh, to further Americanize the conversation, that Spurs match was just crying out for Christian Pulisic. I think yeah. that uh, when Havertz is not 
performing and Mount is not performing to have that additional option as somebody who can just carry that ball into the, yeah. the final third was missing. But Mason Mount, yeah, he's not really fully produced the goods. Like he's always been an under the radar FPL performer, but yep. he's so far under the radar. He's like a stealth bomber without yeah. any without any bombs loaded in him, I guess. Yeah, really uh, force the metaphor here. Yeah, it feels like with with someone like Havertz. I mean, Havertz is obviously not a. He's like a watch. He's not even on the. All, all the Chelsea midfielders are kind of in that stealth bomber mode right now. Like, just keep them on your keep them on the old watch list. Yeah. Um. All right. So, Sar had a great game. Uh, you know, the note that I have here is: he, is he the best Rafinha replacement if Rafinha is injured? Um. So again, Sar available for six million. He, uh, they've got a nice run coming up here as well. Let's see. They play Newcastle at home, leads away. Great, great fixtures. Uh, Liverpool, which is not a great one. Although the last time they played Liverpool at home when they were in the league, Sar had an amazing match. He had a brace in that sure match. Sure did. Uh, so, and then way to Everton, home to Southampton. So pretty, pretty decent run, all things considered. But I mean, Newcastle and Leeds are probably the two teams you most want to play right now in fantasy. So uh, I think, you know, if you look at form and fixtures, it feels like he's a pretty appealing prospect. Newcastle and Leeds, sure, but I think the most important team you want to play is Norwich, who Saar just played, where he scored his brace, and it's what you were saying about promoted teams and their mercurial nature. Right. That is, that's the hard thing to surmise with Saar is, 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 is how confident. Now, so this is a situation I'm in going into game week six where I – feel like I have a midfield, uh, an option to change midfield with a oh. free transfer. As I have established, I have some some concerns about Greenwood, even his his starting place going into game week six. So who would be the replacement? And you've got Sar is the star man coming out of game week five that that fits that mold. But then if you look at the, fixtures, the star man with two R's at the end, <laughs> he's the star man. <laughs> Um, I, I think you are, I I'm tempted to target Norwich. Now Everton is an equally odd team because we've seen their many faces. It's just, it, for, for all these really incredible, uh, teams at the top of the table from Chelsea and United to city and Liverpool, you've got some teams that I just cannot make heads or tails of. Like I've like Leicester and Everton, Leeds and the like Southampton yeah. even I, I just yeah. it, it, they're they're harder and harder to predict so basically I think Saar feels like a good player when you're targeting particular fixtures and you know you, you've pointed out fixtures coming up there to good to target but if you're looking to move on a midfield going into game week six like I I still don't know how you can avoid uh, the Everton midfield because I I think they'll be ready yeah. to blow Norwich out of the water well, yeah. I mean, if it, do they have a forward? I mean, they didn't have, you know, I mean, I, I was feeling pretty good about having Damari Gray. And then it was like, well, now I guess it's like Damari Gray and like a bunch of like, like backups were trying to score a goal, you know, in that, in that match. And so it sort of I depends. Guess. On- I mean, so like you replaced for Charleston, who had a pretty miserable match in game week four while everybody around him was excelling. You replaced for Charleston with Rondon. Like, well, what's so different about that? I, I mean, mean, Rondon isn't I as mobile. Ron- 
Yeah, I didn't think Rondon played very well. I mean, honestly, and uh, that's what I'm I, saying. Where I don't think Richarlison played very well either in game week four. Yeah, but Richarlison is a good player. Like I, I like I rate Richarlison. Like I mean, I think he's annoying, and like you know, <laughs> uh, and I think he should be. He should honestly score more goals than he does. But I, I do think that Richarlison is a good player, and you know, he can he can he's capable of scoring a goal. And I mean, I just, I, I just felt like, I mean, I, you know, and again, like this is like born from like my own experience on Saturday, watching these two teams play where I just didn't understand how Everton could possibly score a goal in that match. Like I, I didn't know <laughs> like how it could have happened. Like there was no combination of players that I, I mean, you just had, you know, the kind of classic thing where like once Andros Townsend scores one of his like annual worldies, it just means like, that's all he tries to do now for like the next like four or five matches is just like, run around the pitch and just shoot from anywhere. You know, we, so. I've been talking with the manager about how I should uh, try to score more goals. Like, okay, <laughs> slow, slow your roll there, Andros. Yeah. I don't know if that, if tongue, the tongue might've been in cheek when that conversation was happening. <laughs> yeah. If anything, I wonder if Decore might be, I mean, I thought Gray played okay. Uh, I mean, Decore is so, so, he's such a good player. Like he's just, yeah. I mean, maybe he's not, he's not the best fantasy asset in general, but he, I, I thought he played really well. And I don't know. So I think we just have to wait and see. I mean, it looks like, so say Dominic Calvert-Lewin's back in October or Charleston is back. God, Charleston's back even later. So they really aren't going to have any forwards for this match. So that's, that, that to me feels like a problem. I don't know. I think, um, I, I you know, so I, I, I'm not sure that I would, it just feels risky to me to have an Everton midfielder now because of yeah. that. So. Well, so my final verdict on SAR is going to be a, a hold, and okay. I'm reserving judgment on the buy. Obviously, you're not going to sell him. Right. Obviously. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm hoping to get a couple of price hits this, or price rises this week. He should rise. 15 points from a 6 million really? midfielder. Yeah. yeah. That's... Just sprinkle a little active yeast on that man. <laughs> uh, all right. Who else do we have here? So talk about Mar- uh, Mount SAR. Uh, ben Rama. Okay, but this is our last midfielder. Okay, uh, Bolino Stu says a few people uh, we thought were on the way out have returned this week. Uh, ben Rama is one example. Should we stick with them because they did okay? Uh, you know, acknowledging the deflection, or stick to our gut and move on. So you've got, you know, uh, Ben Rama in your squad. What are you mm-hmm. planning to do? I'm holding that guy. L- listen, I don't. West Ham are good. West Ham are a good team. I really should have. I really should have asked you to redraft our um, bottom of the table preseason predictions um, because we we put them down there. But well, we had them like eleventh. But yeah, yeah, it was yeah yeah should have been higher though. I agree. I mean, I I am like swiftly revising my historical opinion on David Moyes. It's just like I don't think it really can be overstated what he's done with that club over the last couple of seasons. And I yeah. I think they're great. I think they're especially great in the attack. I think Ben Rama is a definite hold. Uh, per earlier conversation, the priority going into game week six is Antonio. So I, I guess that is a that limits your ability to buy on Ben Rama right now. But I, th- I think this guy still has a lot of FPL value to generate. Yeah, uh, and, and a couple of good fixtures too. Really nice start for for West Ham in general, right? Especially if you once you look past this that that Man United match that was just played today. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think if I mean he, honestly, he, he he probably falls into the buy category now too. I think if you did if you if you dropped him on a wild card, I think it's yeah. consider bringing him back in. Just watching them, it it, it just blew me away against Manchester United. I mean, it's it's funny because everyone says this is the player that Manchester United desperately needs, but Declan Rice is such a good player. 
for yeah. the job that he does. And yeah. like, That's, if anything were to happen yeah. to Declan Rice, then maybe yeah. uh, West Ham needs to be a, a stay away. But what he unlocks, the potential of the West Ham attack that he unlocks is is great. So I have like yeah. great great confidence going into game week six and seven. I like the way Zuma was like talking to all his teammates mm-hmm. and stuff a lot too. It feels like he's really all in on, on being there, which is kind of cool. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel like he like went there for a paycheck or, or whatever, you know, it feels like right. he's, uh, uh, and yeah, I mean, and he's, and he's obviously, he is a good player too. And so I think that it's, um, yeah, I felt pretty bad, uh, that noble pen. I mean, this, it was so reminiscent of, uh, when Vardy came on to take a pen at a Spurs match remember this like two or three years ago, uh, it was, uh, like, I think it was like, uh, James Madison, there was a penalty for Spur for, uh, for Lester. Um, and Madison was standing over the ball and then they subbed in Jamie Vardy and his first kick of the game <laughs> was a penalty and it got saved. It was kind of exactly the same thing as what happened with Mark Noble today. And yeah. it's like, you just like, it was exactly what happened with, uh, with with the England national team this sure. summer, right? Like, don't don't let people's first touch be a penalty. Like, that does not seem like just don't overthink it. Advice. Just do yeah. not overthink it. It's a pen, and and yeah. like a Mark Noble, just score the pen. Come on, like you're you're sure. a professional. But, but also, is, but, B but, the manager yeah. shouldn't overthink it. Yeah, just let the warm players take. Yeah. take it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I I have a lot of sympathy for Mark Noble there because I just I do think that's a tough spot. I mean, we're not talking about a a quiet like training ground moment there. Right. It's like coming out, everybody's screaming. It's a yeah. kind of controversial call. You know, there's a lot of drama. Like it's a lot to walk into right there. Mm-hmm. Then your first touch of the ball to be a penalty kick, mm-hmm. like to hit it as you, hard as you can away from the keeper. Like it's you're just not breathing easy. in the cologne that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has been bathing yeah, in all morning. That, that's going to knock you back a little. You're not going to be like totally off. You're not going to put all the leather on, you know, get all the leather of the ball. <laughs> Um, all right, so um, let's move on just quickly here because we're going a little long in this section to the defenders. And um, I can hear two. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Okay, very quickly on Shaw. My feeling on Shaw is you could hold him for one more week. That seems fine, and then get rid of him, drop him. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I don't really have much to say about Luke Shaw. I I have I have had him since game week one, and it's not been fun. Uh, but he gets in the mix. I mean, he, he you is. Know, yeah. yeah. There is something's bubbling up. Something certainly will at some point bubble up to the surface. He doesn't feel like yeah. a priority. Luke Shaw very well could hang on to my team until I play my wild card. Yeah. And I'll tell you, like, as soon as I wild card, he's gone. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like he's, <laughs> he, it's fine for like the short term, but long term. I mean, it, it's not even so much his, it's like the thing you just forget that like the it, man, man United have decided not to really, I mean, they have like one defensive midfielder, right? Like a proper one. I mean, Fred isn't really. And so you've got Modic, who is like the slowest player in the premier league. And it's yeah, like slower well, than Robert Huth. You know, McDominay like, started alongside Fred in yeah. the match and then Modic came on later. I think most people would say McTominay is the stronger, strongest of those, yeah. those but three, but, but I agree with when defensive no. mid, right. Yeah. He's like a central midfielder, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, 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 right. So there, there is a limited, sh- limited shield in front of that defense, which is yeah. a problem, which, which I agree with the point you're making. You see it at times, and there was like moments in that match this morning where I was like, "Are West Ham up a man? Like, did I miss a red card?" So I was like, "How are they getting so much for the ball right now?" And it just feels like there's no one to kind of sweep it up, you know, like the this like the sweeper role, like you have in high high school 
soccer in the United States. Right? Sure. Yeah. You just like sweep that thing away. <laughs> there's no one doing that. It's, like, I, yeah. I, there's something about Manchester. God, Manchester United continue to be the most interesting team to talk about. Not because anyone likes them. It's just like, they're just so strange. It's weirdly put together. But yeah. they, all those players. And especially if you're talking about um, the comp, like the lack of discipline in the defense, like, Juan Basaka and Luke Shaw are just like often walking around like yeah. nobody in that team. Like, <laughs> I think that's why they're so good in the attack is because they play without yeah. fear. They yeah. play without any fear of consequences. And that's yeah. the problem with the defense is they're like, well, what, what's yeah. Ole going to do? He, he's, he's probably going to buy me a piece of pie after the match. Just, just so yeah. he, he he's concerned that anyone might feel bad. They really remind me of a baseball team that spent all of their money on, like really expensive starting pitchers and, and like sluggers, you know, Mm -hmm. and the middle of their lineup. And then just like, just forgot to do anything with their bullpen. And they just kind of hope that like, that doesn't become a problem. And it just seems like, and so like, I mean, like clearly they're doing well, they're four losses and and one draw to start the season. I mean, you really, we we probably shouldn't be so critical, but they are conceding a lot of goals and it just feels like that's going to keep happening. I I don't know why you'd walk out of this match thinking that that was not going to keep happening because um, they, you know, it just feels like that's going to happen almost every match now. And so, and for, for anyone who quibbles with our read on Manchester United, then I'll, I'll boil it down for you. The real fantasy issue with Luke Shaw is you should have a Chelsea or Manchester city defender instead. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, yeah, exactly. Just, which brings us to the next, uh, the next point. I I totally agree with that. And uh, that's why he was, he immediately dropped my wild card for a Chelsea uh, defender, of course, I picked the wrong one. And my initial draft had I had Rudiger and uh, and James, and then I kind of it felt like too much. It was kind of like you, like you were talking about this week. It just felt like having two defenders for a road match at Tottenham and then a home match to Man City. It just felt like I didn't need to necessarily do that because mm-hmm. I, and the, you know, it's like I could just use some money later and move and move to um, and move to one of those uh, yep. defenders, but. You know, which, which, I mean, it worked out okay. And Ben White picked up seven points. That was kind of the player I opted for instead. And if Ruger hadn't scored in the 92nd minute, it would be kind of like a totally neutral move. It wouldn't have made a, made a big difference. You know, in the end, it only cost you seven points. Like, you can't get too worked up about this stuff. But point being, uh, it's very hard to predict who the uh, Chelsea defenders that you should have in your squad are. If we were to rank them, like, could you and I even have a consensus here? Like, who is the number one Chelsea defender to own? Uh, let's say even, like, it's kind of tricky because there's like there's price, there's stability in the lineup, and there's mm-hmm. attacking threat. Sure. And I suppose now it seems like Marcus Alonso is, mm-hmm. is insanely enough mm-hmm. the one who fits all three of those categories. I can't quite sure. believe it. I can't remember where I saw it on my Twitter feed, but he was being compared to James Justin of Leicester last season where – you know, if you didn't have James Justin early on in the season, your argument for not getting him was, oh, look, the uh, you know, Ricardo Pereira or whoever was meant to replace him on the wing is is right. almost close to being fully fit. And this was this is the case mounted against uh, Marcus Alonso is Chilwell's coming back. Like, don't go right. there. It's going right. to be a problem. I think you're still going to have to ha- have a pretty high risk tolerance with Marcus Alonso, but he yep. is clearly like the favored, uh, I guess he's the, their left back. 
and yep. he looks so good. He looks he, so good. I mean, I guess that's why, right? Yeah. <laughs> You've yeah. got to put Rudiger A plus number one Chelsea asset because I keep I keep banging this drum of like yeah. the, the clean sheets are going to be yeah. so bankable yeah. with Chelsea and just take the easy points. Don't make it too hard on yourself. It's sort of like yeah. subbing Mark Noble on to take a pen at the end of the game. Dude, yeah. just get Rudiger. But yeah. then again, there is Alonzo who will have those weeks where he could actually score 20 points. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of, I really thought I was like, I figured out the puzzle like with, with James, you know, and didn't start last weekend, you know, played, played well in the champions league match. And I was like, okay, like he's going to like, he was like the, one of the first players in my wild card. I felt really good about having him in my squad. And now I'm just like, I don't even know. I mean, the way the team set up today like with Quetta and the Reese James role, like, do I have to move James immediately? Like, I don't, you know, it's, I don't even quite know what to do with him right now. So for that reason, I have to rank him below Alonzo and Rudiger. I mean, if I wildcarded again, I certainly wouldn't have James. I just don't want the, the stress of it. Um, and so I guess I would go Alonzo, Rudiger, Quetta, And then like James, I would put above Christensen just because James attacking potential is so high. But I think Christensen is very viable as well. Um, mm-hmm. He is only five million. He has started four of the first five matches, and you're just going to have to accept that. I mean, Aspilicueta is like considered a rock in this team, and even he didn't start uh, game week four, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's you're just going to accept that, like you, you know, and this is why I wasn't like I was, I was, I was peeved, but I wasn't like stunned or whatever that that Reece James didn't play today because this is like what you're going to get with Tuchel. You just sometimes they're not going to start and that's just kind of how it's going to be. And like, but I think almost all of those, the five players that we named, they're probably going to start forward every five matches. Um, it's, they don't have that much depth, you know? And so I think that, um, I don't know. So I, I feel, I feel reasonably good about those picks. I mean, I, I, it's just crazy to me that Reese James has to be so low, but I think, I think he and Christensen are kind of like, maybe I, I would even say go for Christensen just because he's 0.6 million cheaper and you can reuse that money elsewhere. Fair enough. Okay, so do we need to do the same with Manchester City defenders? I think it's just yeah. like <laughs> Ruben Diaz. Just get Ruben Diaz if you want to go yeah. there. And and I think City, they're it, it's, it's just like such. It's again, it's a fixture thing with yeah. City. If you look at what they've got coming up, um, yep. I, I cannot find their fixtures here, Josh. Where do they are they high, low, somewhere in the middle? Oh, they're way at the bottom. Because of my point exactly, so Chelsea and Liverpool in the next two, so that's that's a wild card decision that I think some the those who have not yet played their wild card look to bring in Diaz, maybe Cancelo uh, is starting in game week eight. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I think that maybe that's like a theme of this week's pod, which with all these buy sell holds, is that um, some of these players are are really strong buys, but you probably can wait like two more weeks. Uh, for, for a lot of them. It feels like that's kind of true across the board in some ways. Uh, like the only players that I would really, really be excited about buying in this whole list are, um, uh, are is Antonio really. And um, yeah. So, and then just one last shout out here. Uh, Luke Williams was asking about kind of the ideal starting five, like your ideal five defenders. And the one player I just want to highlight here is Lee Vermento, who feels like that's gotta be like the first player on any wild card right now. If you don't have Lee Vermento, just, just bring him in, man. It's four, four million played well. Mm-hmm. Like what else, what else can you say? You know, it's a, uh, this, and it's a South Ham actually have some good pictures coming up where you could really realistically start Lee Vermento for some of them. In fact, I am planning to start Lee Vermento in 
uh, game week six at home to Wolves. It feels like a reasonable starting opportunity for him there. It sure does. Ice cold, refreshing Livramento. He, he's, he's, he's great. Yeah. So let's take one last break and then we're just going to do a quick look ahead to game week six. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Game week six kicks off on Saturday. You and I will be in the American Southwest. Just two questions I want to ask you, Brandon. One is, what is your transfer decision for this week? Well, I I have two free transfers, so I'm thinking quite seriously about moving Lukaku to Ronaldo because I think United hosting Aston Villa on Saturday is two early kickoffs to uh, uh, City, Chelsea, United, Villa. Uh, so I think Ronaldo and I also want to get rid of Mason Greenwood. So um, I I really do not know who that would be. Yeah. Uh, and and the issue the issue for my squad then is that I continue to have Ivan Tony, and I am not here to say the game has changed on the back of that Wolves match. I don't think it has. I think Tony gave us all a parting gift, and I'm. He has my lasting love and affection for that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think he he survives another yeah. week just because I don't think there would be an option for me to move Tony to Bamford. But t- talk to me about yeah. your feelings about Leeds and, and Bamford going into this match because they, they're, yeah. they're really ragged and their players are dropping left and right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, now Harrison has COVID, right? So that's, that's like another blow right there. So yeah, it's, it's weird. I just, I think the fixtures will save them in this West Ham match. Like you, like you just talked about with West Ham and not, not, not the gimme that it maybe looked like a, a few weeks ago. I mean, you have to kind of favor West Ham to maybe win that match now. And so, uh, which I think that, you know, that match was played in last, you know, last year at this time, I would have, I would have definitely favored, um, leads to win it, you know? So, mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. And so I think uh, it just depends on where we are with Rafinha. Um, you know, I think that he's, yeah. if he's like gives, is he, if he's given a clean bill of health, I think that, uh, that Greenwood to Rafinha is, is very much on the table. Yeah. Um, you know, he looked great before he, he came off, uh, apparently with an injury. So, yeah, I like that move a little bit better than the, as I was mentioning the, uh, you know, Decore gray towns and yeah. Everton midfield, just targeting the one fixture Everton Norwich. It, you know, it's, yeah. it, it, it so rarely comes off and leads have an extended run of good fixtures. I'm yeah. generally in agreement to, to find a player like Rafinha with leads having more than just one good fixture coming up is better. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that's, I, I feel, um, I, I, I don't know why you're not, uh, higher on SAR than, than, you know, I, I think you should be, but that's okay. We, it's, we occasionally disagree in this podcast, and I think that's a, that's a strength. I mean, it's kind of funny because Sar and you know Sar and Tony are really getting what you would want from those players at that price, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Tony now has what two goals and an assist um, through the mm-hmm. first five matches. I mean, that's pretty good for a six six point five million forward. And I think uh, Sar now has three goals and one assist, so equally fantastic, right? For for that price mm-hmm. bracket, so. Um, yeah, and then captains. I think you've got three viable captain picks this week. You've got Ronaldo. I suppose Bruno um, as well at home to Aston Villa. You have Antonio at Leeds and you have Sala at Brentford. Yeah. I think all three of those are great. Like, I think you could, like you could flip a three-sided coin, Brandon, whichever way it came <laughs> down, you'd be, be okay. I totally Triangle agree. I totally agree. I mean, I, I, I think the way the season has gone, home fixtures seem to favor goals. So Ronaldo, uh, home Aston Villa feels great, yeah. But Liverpool really kind of don't care where they play at this point, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Salah, I like I, I lean Salah. Salah is my bus team captain, yeah. Uh, and then Antonio is my vice captain. I've got Ronaldo as my captain right now, uh, but I am not committed to it. I mean, I know that's not like does not make for great podcast content, but I though the the player that i really would like to captain would be antonio because i think that would be a lot of fun uh, a way to leads but i think the kind of like just keep it simple don't overthink it move would be to just have ronaldo at home to Aston Villa. it's very hard for me especially i don't want him to play in the league cup i don't think he will and so but it, but you know it's just hard for me to see him playing that home match at home to Aston Villa and not scoring a goal it just feels like yeah. You know, and if, and if, he, if he's going to score one, then there's a decent chance he gets something two, right? And it's sort of so. What I'm saying <laughs> Why not is he, three he's going to score six goals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just mean like it's. I, I just think it's it's just a little bit like the argument for Salah this last week. It's just like there's some matches where you're just like, well, this player is certainly going to score a goal. I just can't imagine yeah. them not scoring a goal in this one. And and it, I, I I often think that that's like. In some ways, you, you you can find another player like the Antonio one where you're like, I could see Antonio scoring four goals here or whatever. But usually you should just go with the like simple, like there's no way this player isn't scoring this match because that feeling tends to be true. I've got an idea for you, Josh. Uh, I'm trying to think of sports, I guess wrestling. Uh, what are other sports where you play in like a unitard? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where I'm going with this is how do you make it impossible for a player to take their shirt off? So I think you've yeah. got to have a uniform for a premier league player where their shirt is attached to their shorts. So they like just literally cannot take their shirt off unless they just like, <laughs> like the Hulk just like tear yeah. through it. So, yeah. you know, just to avoid any sort of yellow card agita in the future, yeah. let's make unitards as uniforms a thing. Salah is so ripped though. I mean, credit to him. Um, and so for me, uh, my, my, movie, we love to see it. 
Yeah, I did. I was like, wow. Like I even showed my wife. I was like that. Right. Um, so, and then my move, uh, my move this week is very simple. I'm, I'm bringing in Antonio. Uh, he's, I'm bringing it back in. I took the point hit. It was a gamble. It didn't work. So what move on, we'll deal with it. So, um, so thank you for listening to the pod. That's it. We'll be back. Um, you know, with a slightly stranger one this week, but we're really looking forward to it. Uh, and, and I think hopefully it'll be like fun content. It's a long season. So I think having one weird pod a year seems like an acceptable, um, you know, move. Uh, yeah, even so. even Ted Lasso okay. got their weird episode out of two the way of in the second two season. Jeepers yeah. creepers. One too many, in my mm. opinion. Uh, all right. So thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to support the podcast once again, and we love it. If you did go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, we'll be doing a, another, Oh yeah, actually I think we'll do, we're going to do a Patreon pod from the road this week, Brandon. I think you're mm-hmm. not going to like speaking to a mic at the airport or something, but we're going to do that as well. So keep an eye out for that. Brandon, do you want to thank our producer patrons? Oh yeah. Big shout outs to our producers, Mike DePietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, the big gaffer, Bob's coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal. Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chindler, Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Paul Herzig, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Uwong, Bruce Kerr, Sam Shower, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Morjaria, Ram Frosk, AJ, Fly You Fools, Jeremy Spiker, Lazaros Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Matthew Becker, Caleb Robbie, Todd Byerly, Alper Paxoy, Martin Ospeth, Lee Hickman, Valger, Paulson Kruger, Jazz Binning, Francis Moore, and Managed by the Lasso. Never miss an episode of Always Cheating. Rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, wherever fine podcasts are found. Follow us wherever fine social media is found. And visit our fine website at alwayscheating.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.